<laughs> oh, this is that moment in time when every coach just screeches in terror on the idea that we are going live. We are live here on In the Huddle on Friday, April 2nd. This is not April Fool's Day. That was so yesterday. Nope. 2021. Here we go, folks. Buckle up. The one thing that when I see the uh, open uh, live, I always think to myself, especially this last year, is I can't wait to be back out there mask-free at games, Yeah, you know, just going whenever we want to. The funny thing is, and you and I were just talking about it uh, before the show started, it is snowing here in upstate New York. I mean, it's April <laughs> It's cold 2nd. down here in Florida, too. <laughs> well, cold. Well, what is this? I mean, seriously, we had 70 degree temperatures and now snow. Hey, nothing, nothing to it. Anyway, yeah. JB, um, we're going to go through a few things on this episode of uh, In the Huddle, uh, not the least of which is going to be a rant, I think, uh, coming from you, which is always nice to see that <laughs> I'm not the only one doing it. You're not the uh, only one, Frank. Yeah. We're going to wrap up the USA South discussion as uh, you uh, teased, and we're going to look at the schedule for week nine. And uh, predictions live, so we can't take them back. We we can't edit these things, so it's, they're out in the webosphere uh, once we're uh, done. Yeah, with them. I need to do a better job because you have a one game lead on me, Frank. I think last week you were seven and one, and I was six and two. So gotta amp my game up a little bit this week. So here we go. <laughs> you're, you're gonna let this guy th this guy beat you really i mean you better and didn't like, i didn't i crush you in 2019 in our picks like it wasn't even close right i mean yeah you had that you had that thing where you kept picking a certain team and when you pick them to win they lose and when you pick them to lose they'd win and it that you know was that you like can go back in the archive first? for that one guys yeah thanks <laughs> my, my i think player, we can talk huh? about those guys too Yep. Don't know. Don't know what you're talking about. I'm just gonna look down at my phone, make sure we're live. Yeah, we're live. Okay. Good. Good to see. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're not gonna bore you with that. Uh, first off, uh, let's talk. You call something to my attention. I had not seen it uh, until this morning. The Liberty League fan policy, also known as, yeah, it's new to us, despite the fact it's not new to you. Uh, this is the thing we've been harping on for the last few weeks. Pat Coleman is always up my backside about the whole idea of, you know, conferences have their right to autonomy, and Frank, you need to respect that, and I respect it, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with the approach. Nope. I don't think you agree with the approach here, so I'm going to let you have the floor. Camera one, all on <laughs> JB, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, just file this under the, you know, the come on, man, because this whole, uh, this false pretense of, of keeping something safe by not allowing family members into an outside open area space, 
um, is just ridiculous. We have seen um, spectators at sporting events since, I don't know, September of last year. So what, we're, it's in April, we have six months of track record data and in much bigger venues where it's easier to be more you know, densely congregated than it is in a, in a D3 stadium. So I think, you know, the Liberty League, I, I guess, you know, maybe they're being, their hand is being forced, um, you know, given who runs the state of New York, which is a whole nother story there. Um, but they, they, you can, you guys can do better. You really can. And it's not fair to the kids, especially their, their parents who let's face it, Liberty League schools are not cheap. They're spending a lot of money uh, to send their kids there and they should have the right to go see them, do what their, their kids love on campus, outside in a safe way. It's been happening for six months. Get with the program, guys. Come on. And this is where Frank forgets to unmute himself. Yeah. Oh, no, That's I, the beauty you know, I, of live shows. I yes. unmuted something. It wasn't me. That was the thing. <laughs> Or you muted something. Oh boy! Yeah, you know this Beauty is the other thing about broadcast. Yeah, this is the other thing about uh, being uh, that we don't do this as frequently. I I sort of lose track of what's what in our uh, panel here. Great software. If, if you guys need video production software, here's my little plug: VMix all the way. It, it's great uh, we, with our chat channel and everything that we do, or our interview channel. Yep. Uh, very easy, unless there's a firewall set up by schools. Uh, the firewall uh, being set up by schools in this case would be the whole, again, it's new to us, not, uh, or it's new to you, not new to us uh, type situation. Yeah. It's got to stop. Tech's been around for a while. Yeah. It's, ask us. Okay. Ask people in your conference, in your area, in your state, in your vicinity period, hey, what are those schools doing elsewhere that are doing this? And how are they getting getting around? You know the safety issues or whatnot. They're not getting around them. They're they're embracing them. They're just figuring out ways to embrace them while making sure everybody can conduct their lives. It's lazy, lazy, lazy. This is not about safety at the end of the day, as we always say, because you have a parking lot that you can basically separate off. You've got one entrance in a stadium if you want to uh, let them through that way you can restrict access to the field and at the end of the day the same kids and the same parents that are being forbidden from congregating together are going to congregate later on elsewhere on their own at this point what is this this prohibition at the end of the day i don't get it anymore it's a lack of common sense no anyway and remember, the USA South started their season off with a policy like this. And look where they've gone. I mean, things have gotten so much better there. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, you may have seen uh, that we had a statement given to us when we tried to get a student athlete from Brevard to join us. Um, it was uh, an attempt to talk about football. Really, uh, we wanted to sort of ch help change focus from this USA South controversy on the tiebreaker to, hey, you guys have to play NC Wesleyan this weekend. Uh, you know, get your focus back to where it needs to be with us here and talk about football. And we had a great guest lined up. Yeah. If we, and the way we do it, folks, just so everybody out there understands, and Brevard uh, may be hearing this for the first time. If we have a relationship with a coach or assistant coach out there, we will contact them and say, hey, we want to do an interview. We always want to make sure we're letting you put the best foot forward as a school. 
So could you name somebody that's, you know, hopefully more senior that we tend to try to go for seniors, especially in captain leaders on team, yes. Scenarios, excuse Mm -hmm. me. Uh, But, uh, you know, articulate comes across well that represents your school well. And we're not trying to, you know, cherry pick or something like that. And sometimes we'll do just kind of a cold request and hope for the best. And we've had some great success with it over the years. But in a case like this, we, we reached out to a coach that we have a good relationship with. They gave us uh, information to uh, contact the student athlete because we have to schedule this or know we can schedule this with our lives the way we have to lead our lives. We are extremely busy right now. Yeah, I, I've never been this busy in my life, I will be honest with you folks. Um, which is good, obviously, knowing where we are right now. But at the same time, you know, we want to get this show out. We want to do all the things we do and everything else. Okay, so this happened. We reached out to the student athlete. Hey, you know, uh, sounds good. You got to talk to our SID, which we were going to do anyway, and which the coach suggested as well. And so we yeah, sure. go and do that. And we get a statement basically prohibiting us and anybody else from interviewing any student athlete uh, related to the football uh, until after the Sewanee game. So not just this weekend, but the following weekend. Maybe so, the weekend after, yeah. <laughs> a couple of things. First off, we didn't create this controversy. Okay, we got kind of thrown into it, uh, you know, knee deep to maybe even hip deep by this point uh, on Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. And by the student athletes who, at the end of the day, probably are in the right on this whole thing, to be honest with you. Not casting judgment, but we're casting judgment, I guess. Uh, they're probably in the right. And so we got thrown into it. And so you're penalizing us from being able to present our show the way we think it needs to be presented. You're penalizing the student athletes. You would have had a great student athlete conversation. The limited amount we got to talk to uh, the player seemed like a great guy. It seemed like the coach made a great pick as to who we should talk to. And yeah, no, not happening. It's so bad, in fact, that Brevard told a news crew, I believe, that they canceled an interview for them as well. Uh, hmm. A Western Carolina station was going to uh, interview the head coach, and they canceled that <laughs> on them. I don't know, uh, you know, to what degree. Yeah, no, this is a this is a full blown gag policy, <laughs> and yeah. you know, it, maybe it came down from from the presidents of the conference because it is it doesn't look good on paper and i mean you're a lawyer you you looked at the actual words and the document and the statement and it there is a legitimate gripe that that uh that the tornadoes have here um and it's 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 a missed opportunity uh for their league to set things right uh it was poorly managed up front and at the end of the day yeah it's really the student athletes who are 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 being penalized for it and that's not what you know, Division Three is all about, and so hopefully we can learn from from this mistake. It seems like they're just trying to like shut it down and just wipe it off like it never happened. But uh, here we are. It, it, it's disappointing <clears throat> though that Brevard is going to participate in that at this point. Uh, it, we we've stuck our neck out obviously for Brevard uh, on this uh, topic, uh, despite some criticism for doing it from some folks. Uh, you know, and we don't deserve a favor or anything for that but at the same time 
we were responsible and adult in the conversation and maintaining the conversation. And so to think that we're going to be anything but adult in continuing or changing the conversation in the process is a little bit hurtful uh, toward our show, we think. And we wish it was handled a little bit differently than this. Uh, it, it didn't need to turn into this. I think that station also had a right to talk to the head coach. And if you wanted to put some sort of, you know, uh, listen, could we not talk about this topic so much or whatever? We, it's up to us to honor or not honor that, but we didn't even get that. We got basically door slammed. Thank you. Appreciate your show. You know, and yeah, and that's. I mean, that's they could nice. have just told the coach to be to pull a. They could have just told the coach to pull a Belichick, right? You know, they brought up any. <laughs> we're on to North Carolina Wesleyan, and just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, which they need to be because uh, I think they are d- yeah. up down to a third string quarterback here. Uh, ultimately, uh, they've had uh, some. Uh, Eli Carr, uh, as you know, uh, was out uh, at least for most of the last game uh, with an ankle injury. Yeah, I think it Steve is. Hogan came in and he played pretty well. But if he's out too, I mean, geez, they're they're down to yeah. After all this, they they, they kind of need to win this game, Frank, <laughs> to save a little face because it would be it would be pretty upsetting for their program to lose to a a, a team that has hasn't won a game yet. I, I don't think at least in this little Correct. spring season. Um, it's kind of banging on the door like, oh, we should be in the championship game. Well, you guys better win on Saturday, too, um, to, to kind of back up that point. And for you know, the people out there who, who want to say that we're being, I don't know, irresponsible, unprofessional, whatever, you know, because we we we, we took, a, you know, we took That's interest awesome. in the story, really? which, which <laughs> by the way, was was basically like copied and pasted by the football scoop guys. I mean, they're great. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to mess with them at all. But all the information we presented in our prior show about this issue was tweeted out by them. It's it's a legitimate story, and and there's legitimate facts to, that back up the fact that the, the conference kind of messed up, and they and they need to sort of make amends. And I think the suggestion we posted about hey, play one more game on the 17th of April. Why not? You know, you've already played for, you know, three, four or five games in certain cases. What's, you know, one more. Um, but I, I doubt we'll get to see that. Hopefully this weekend, you know, uh, all the teams, including now, you know, Swanee, the University of the South is kind of getting in there a little bit late. But uh, it's been fun to cover the USA South, even though I never thought that we'd be talking about this kind of stuff with week nine in the spring. Remember, Liberty League, it's all started with the fan policy in the USA South. Just remember that. <laughs> might, want, yeah. might want to reconsider here how you're going about things in the Liberty League, Tracy King and company. Okay, yeah. uh, let's look at the schedule. Uh, and we're going to talk about two games right off the bat here uh, that have been played already. Um, Karn. That is, Karn Mellon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't want to really run it into the USA That's- South. Yeah, so, I guess it's uh, better than Wayne's B or something like that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, th- I, I was out of options for that one, sorry. Uh, Carnegie Mel, I guess, would be the other one. Uh, they won against uh, Waynesburg, what was it, 51-0, to zero, I think, uh, last night. And yeah. Washington Jefferson uh, had a big win uh, against, or not a big win, actually. It was, yeah, it was not as big as I thought it would be. Is what I, I you know, Let me get my notes out here. Yeah, closer than we thought. Got it. Uh, so mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, so those two games are in the books. Uh, there are nine other games to be played on Friday, and that includes the NJAC complement of games. And uh, you see them there, Wesley at Christopher Newport, William Patterson. Uh, actually, I think we have uh, too many T's in Patterson. We'll fix that later. Uh, North Park, Carthage, uh, Olivet, Adrian, 
Uh, Aver at uh, Maryville is uh, USA South kind of crossover. I think this was pre-scheduled, though, to be honest with you, because it doesn't make sense why Wesleyan would play Brevard uh, under the circumstances unless they had pre-scheduled this game, which that's a whole nother story for another week on how the USA South crossovers even worked in this whole thing. Wilmington at Ohio Northern, uh, Heidelberg at Otterbein, Marietta at Mount Union, uh, Muskingum uh, and John Carroll canceled. Uh, Muskingum, I believe, is done uh, for the season, the way things are acting there, but don't quote me on that. Uh, in the ARC, uh, Buena Vista at uh, Nebraska Wesleyan, that is. And now let's get our Saturday schedule up. And I think everything's spelled right here. We uh, both face the uh, championship <laughs> game in the ODAC crossover game. And yep. then also we put a little asterisk next to the USA South crossovers there because we can't call it a championship game very easily under the circumstances, which would be Huntington mm. at Methodist here. Uh, I still have this belief in my heart that Huntington, if they win, and Brevard, if they win, are going to call each other up and say, let's play on 417. In my heart of hearts, I still think it's possible. I think Coach Turk is a guy that doesn't want this cloud over this whole situation. And the only way to get rid of the cloud at this point would be to play the game again. Uh, yeah. The third time. Uh, rubber match, as they say. So we'll set this over here as uh, we'll go into the box here with it. But you see the rest of the games there, uh, JB, and we're going to pick some of these uh, coming up in a minute here. Mm -hmm. But uh, definitely starting to filter out games. We talked about it on our show that got released on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. You know, things yeah. are starting to calm down. <clears throat> the Friday night game, obviously, the uh, we're going to watch the emotion in the Otterbein-Heidelberg game. Uh, that's going to be yeah. very interesting, uh, sad in a lot of ways. Uh, but, uh, you know, to watch resiliency in some of our student athletes in times like these over mm -hmm. history has always been a very impressive thing to me. And, you know, yeah. I, I just, I'll be honest with you, uh, watching that show the other day, uh, or editing it even, uh, really took a lot out of me emotionally, uh, hearing coach Donaldson talk about it. Um, it, it was yeah. tough, no doubt. Um, so we'll see how that goes on Friday. Uh, today, tonight. <laughs> yep, yeah, tonight. So, in our stream, I just noticed our stream, but I may have cut off for a second there, but just talking about Heidelberg and uh, Otterbein. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the slate here, that ODAC slate is pretty darn good. Uh, th these are games I want to yeah. see, to be honest with you. Bridgewater Shenandoah, I believe, is a uh, repeat game. Uh, from I think it's the third time they played, but they've yeah, yeah. But it was a one-point game. These these two teams have played each other real tight, but Ferrum and, and Cindy have not faced each other yet, and that should be uh, a pretty entertaining battle. Um, and then, kind of looking on the on the right hand side, there's some great matchups in the in the Heartland with Franklin at Rose Holman. Uh, you know, Holman barely lost to Hanover um, last weekend, and, and Franklin, you know, kind of had that five-point upset, you can say, over Bluffton. And, and Bluffton at Mount St. Joe's is another great game. Um, Anderson at Defiance, they might put up 100 total, you know, points combined. There's going to probably be about you know, 100 passing attempts in that game. 
And then, um, you know, it's interesting to see some of these other teams that we that we normally don't cover so much on this show out in Minnesota and Iowa with, you know, Min Morris and Northwestern, Martin Luther at, at Ripon and uh, Wesleyan and so on. So we're, we're kind of on the back. We're starting to turn the corner on the spring season. We're going to see more of the um, Midwestern teams starting to pop up here uh, towards the end. We basically have about... I'd say two more weeks after this weekend of games from, you know, teams that are sort of within the Northeast sort of um, mid Atlantic and, and, and South uh, Southeast. And then it's pretty much going to pivot completely over to uh, the Midwest for like the, once you start around the, you know, the, the 24th, although we'll get the, the pack um, kind of crossover championships uh, in, in three weeks. But after that, it's going to start to hand, you know, whittle down to just a handful of games. So this is probably one of the last big weekends we have and, and uh, we'll start starting to see it dwindle down from here. Look at what's on the screen. Um, oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to Stop go but down Never a good sign. Yeah. Never <laughs> a good sign for us. You know, the guys who won't shut up. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, hold on. Let's, uh, we got to get music first, man. I mean, where's your sense of moment here? Let's see. I know. We we, gotta, we need the William Tell. Okay. I think we got it. So, clock will start. You'll go first here, since I went first last time. I believe uh, we left off. Mm-hmm. So, nine-minute clock. Remember, it's one minute per game, basically. Wesley at Christopher Newport, and go! All right, our, our, our famous show, Laws of Syllogism, applies here. Wesley lost by two to Salisbury, who beat the captains by about 25, I think. So I'll take the Wolverines to win this one. A pull away late, I'll say 35 to 14. Tough one. I, I'm going uh, Wesley all the way, Wolverines. Uh, Christopher Newport, I, I think it's going to be tough at home here. But I think Wesley learned a lot about themselves in that Montclair game uh, a couple weeks back there. Um, I hope they learn not to uh, hit players after the whistle and risk possibly turning the ball over late, but that's a whole other story for another week. Uh, I'm going to say Wesley wins this game. Uh, remember, we got one more Wesley game coming up next week. Uh, what is it, next Friday? Uh, so in yep. maybe, maybe, just maybe I'll go down there for that. Uh, it's going to be 27 to 17, Wesley. Next game, uh, William Patterson at Montclair State. Spelled correctly. Uh, <laughs> William yes. Patterson. Well, that's a start. William Patterson is, uh, had trouble getting games off the ground to start with here in a lot of cases. And Montclair has uh, kind of a bad taste in their mouth from that Wesley game I just mentioned. I think Montclair all day on this one. Uh, though it's going to be good to see uh, William Patterson on the field there. Uh, it's going to be close, though. I, I don't think this is going to be a route. Montclair wins 24-21. Coach Palazzo just threw something through a window because it's the curse of Rossi back for one more season here. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, I'll take the Red Hawks also. I don't know. Uh, you know this is the first time we're going to see William Patterson, so we don't know if they're going to look like Kane or if they're going to look more like Wesley. So... I'm going to kind of split the difference. I'll say the Red Hawks win 28-14. Um, to 14. I think Jacob Birch is going to have a, a pretty nice passing day. Did you say Keen again? Kane. There you go. <laughs> it was close. I, I, I'll have to go back to the replay later. Heidelberg at Otterbein. 
Uh, actually, let me stop laughing at this point because uh, I can't laugh when I'm thinking about the gravity uh, that's behind this game. Go ahead, though. You go first. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to pick the student princes here just on, on emotion uh, alone. So I think they'll um, show up and they'll, they'll win one um, for Curtis and, and it'll be student princes 49, Otterbein 35. There's always one or two ways this turns out. The emotion be overcomes you, and the, the exhaustion from the week's emotion uh, can hit you, or you can come out, play lights out. I think this is one of those games where, you, unfortunately, you start weak uh, because of the emotion, and the adrenaline starts to pump in as you realize the gravity of what's in front of you and what's going on. Because of that, I think uh, Heidelberg does win it by the score of 31-24. We have a championship game here. Odak, Emery and Henry at Randolph-Macon. Uh, Randolph-Macon was just really good last week, but Emery and Henry had a week off, if I remember correctly. Uh, so yep. this is an interesting matchup. I'm going to give it to the home team here, I believe. Um, the Yellow Jackets, I think, just are they perform great on the road. Uh, they should perform even better at home, you would think, here. Uh, so give them the win. Uh, it'll be decent, though, the game, no doubt. Uh, a lot of offense here. 37-27. Yeah, it's going to be hard to pick against the, the Yellow Jackets. They have been impressive, but Emery Henry, week off. They've been pretty dominant in their own right. I'll, I'll, I'll break from the ranks and, and pick the loss, and hope for hopefully I pick up a game on you, Frank, because need something to shake things up. So we'll go with uh, Emory Henry to win. Uh, Thirty-one get, to twenty-eight, close one. I'm I'm gonna get the can of raid ready for that game. Uh, in the USA South, Huntington at Methodist, uh, the the championship game <laughs> in quotes. Go ahead. I mean, Methodist has looked pretty solid all season. Um, I will say that they'll probably outlast uh, outlast Huntington thirty-five to twenty-seven. You picked Methodist there? I'm surprised. I'm I, picking I Methodist. Yeah, Coach Coach okay. and company are just uh, such a quality program out there. They're not going to lose this game, I don't think. Um, I I know they had the trouble with Brevard, but I think Brevard's that good of a team too. And so Huntington yeah, wins this game. Uh, 31-20. Uh, we're falling a little bit behind, although uh, we're not horrible here. Uh, the USA South semifinal, despite a championship being played. How, uh, w let's call it that uh, at this point. <laughs> North Carolina Wesley at Brevard. Uh, despite their quarterback injury issues, and uh, I think some of their line issues right now too with the injuries and whatnot going on, I think Brevard still wins this game. Uh, it's 0-3 North Carolina Wesley. How did this ever cross over? I mean, seriously, how did this game cross over in your crossovers? It's supposed to be the idea of, you know, matching up teams and divisions that are near each other in quality by the end of the season. That's a whole nother story of how this thing got botched. Uh, Brevard wins, long story short. Uh, defensive struggle, 21-10. Yeah, I think I think Brevard's going to have a little bit of the uh, you know chip on their shoulder, but also kind of hangover from this week's distractions. 
I'll take a, a Quentin Jackson pick six to, to light a fire under them and, and help them win it in the second half, 28-17. to 17. Rose Holman at Franklin, a battle of one-loss teams. Hit it. Oh, boy. Ah, uh, man. I'll have to give it to Rose Holman just the way they played Hanover so impressively. Franklin's going to be tough to beat at home, but I have a feeling that they – they have uh, something to prove after just narrowly losing to um, the likely uh, conference champs in the Heartland. So I'll take Rose Holman in another close call. Higher scoring game, though, I think 35-31. Yeah, would the real Franklin please step up here uh, and tell me who you are? Because, uh, you know, what we've seen uh, you know, score-wise and stat-wise just don't exactly, you know, give me a good feeling about who they are right now. If, if, you know, the normal Franklin we expect comes out, they should win this game. If the Franklin I played against the Mount St. Joseph comes out, uh, I think this is going to be ugly uh, in that respect. I'm going to pick Rose Holman either way in this, uh, but I think, you know, whether it's close or not is the question. Rose Holman wins this game 45-30. Helps if I had the next game. I'll tell you it's Bluffton at Mount St. Joseph, and as I get that ready, I'll tell you that Bluffton's had some tough times here, and Mount St. Joseph has the ability we've seen, like I said, against Franklin. And so I think this is that case of Coach Kreps gets his team back in winning form here, gets that defense to ratchet it up again. I think Bluffton wins this game 21-20. All right. I like that pick, but I'm going to go with with Mount St. Joe's just from the fact, like I said, I need to catch up a little bit here. So I'm going to hope that the home <laughs> team, you know, dials up some home cooking and does what they did against Franklin the prior week. So um, it's going to be a heartbreaker, another close call. But I'll say that Mount St. Joe's hangs on and wins it. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be lights out on the scoreboard, Frank. I'm, I'm going to say 45 to 42. 40 seconds, and uh, I'll tell you, it's. Aurora at Benedictine, Benedictine, uh, it's your call. Go. I mean, all we've seen, the two undefeated teams in this conference right now, but we've seen Aurora put up a ton of points, so I'm going to go uh, with Aurora here. Um, close game, first half. Second half, they pull away, win it 49-35. to 35. Gavin Zimmelman, all day, every day. This is going to be ugly, this game, I think, on the scoreboard. I really think that 50-30. to 30 in favor of Aurora with eight seconds to go. Oh my goodness. This never happens. And we were falling behind there for a little while. <laughs> That's incredible. I wonder why. <laughs> what are you doing? I still mess that up after all these years. I'm trying to yeah. point this way. Always the opposite. Always, you know. It's always the opposite. So if I want to point to you, I have to go to the, the opposite direction on these cameras. Yep, that's just the way it works. Yep. Okay, we'll get the timer off because it gives me anxiety just like you. Um, last thoughts here. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm going to try to get down to Wesley uh, next week and maybe uh, do a little bit of a uh, game day live type setup if possible. Uh, this was something we were thinking about a while ago. Then they were like, oh, no, this is going to be Wesley's final game uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then our final home game. And then they go and schedule Stevenson, who was supposed to play Alvernia this weekend, but that got postponed. Yep. I don't know if that's too, translation yeah. or not. Yep. So uh, we'll hopefully get that Wesley game in on next Friday. We'll keep you posted. You know where to get the information. We will say this, though. Um, 
over the next month or so, we may not be doing a two-show setup the same way we've been doing it here the last couple of weeks. It's just been the deluge of games that were coming at us. We were like, there's no way we can cover everything the way we want to uh, with just one show. So understand that yep. that may change. We're at the 32-minute mark for this show, my friend. So give us some parting thoughts. Give us your wisdom for the weekend here, please. I, I need some wisdom. Well, once again, um, going back to the whole, you know, parents not being allowed in the stands thing. Today is Good Friday. I mean, I'm not the most you know, religious guy out there, but I know there's going to be a lot of families gathering this weekend. I'm sure yours has you know plans for Easter Sunday and, and all of that. It is, a, it is a time for family and for celebration. And whether schools want to or realize it or you know, families should be able to see each other and stick together. I mean, obviously the the last year has has changed the dynamic of that, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're we're here on Earth to be <laughs> to be together. So, I, I just hope that um, you know, as people go into this in, into this holiday weekend, that they keep that in mind. And you know, obviously, got to do the right thing and be safe. And hopefully, you know, folks are out there, you know, doing what they can to ensure that whether it's you know getting vaccines or quarantining when they have to or whatever whatever you need to do. Um, but you know, this is a special weekend, and so hopefully, you know, people out there realize that you know keeping people apart isn't the answer um, in in many respects. So those are just my two cents. I'll tell you what. Um... Happy Easter, happy Passover to everybody out there. If you've made it this far yeah, in the Passover show, too. yep. If you made it this far in the show, we want you in the Facebook comments for this show to put right in either Happy Easter or Happy Passover or whatever happy you want to put in there uh, because you may not follow either one. Put it into the comments, and we're, we'll take the names of the people that put uh, that message in the comments, and we'll randomly pick uh, a winner of one of our in the huddle polo shirts yeah, we'll get it sent out to you so hey cool all right put it in there uh, make sure that we have the ability to message you if uh, we do pick you ultimately and uh, we'll ask you for your size and which color you'd want uh kind of the reddish color like he's wearing although it's not the shirt or white or uh kind of baby it's opening day frank i gotta i gotta represent the red Sox and my you know my hometown team so hey <laughs> <laughs> I've got to represent in the huddle. Okay, that that's my hometown team here. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, that's right. So, no. so in the comments, you want a shirt? You know, odds are going to be high. I, I don't think we're going to get nine thousand comments in there. But if you want one, mm-hmm. it's, it's a double XL that we have to give to you. It'll take a little time because we actually do have a mounting order for double XLs. Believe it or not, uh, our good friend Eric Ren okay. is like, "Hey, I need one," and I'm like, "I'll get you some soon." So we will get we will accommodate your size even on this. So get it to us uh, in the message in the comments on Facebook. And uh, happy Easter, happy Passover, one JB. Thank you, thank you for doing the live show thank because you. this means post production is zero for this except to get it up on our audio version on uh, iTunes. This is episode number two thirty. There are two, no, I'm sorry, two. What is it? Two eighty four. Two eighty four. Excuse me. Two thirty. Me and my numbers lately. That was like a year and a half ago, Frank. Come on. Or maybe six weeks ago. I mean, you know, is that like, yeah, it feels like we've done 20 something, 50 episodes in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably has for you. Really 35 minutes in. Man. Folks, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football.